In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. This is that one Sunday every year when we reflect upon truly the most precious gift that our Lord has to give us. We, who in the very beginning through Adam and Eve chose knowledge of good and evil over life, the Lord chooses to give us knowledge of himself, that he is one essence who coexists in three persons. And we confess the Trinity, not because a group of academics somewhere in some university sat down and said, you know, I think it'd be really cool if we had a God who is so difficult to confess that it takes an entire Athanasian creed. But no, we confess this because it is faithful to what God has revealed about himself in scripture. From Genesis chapter one, as we read this morning, all the way through to the last chapter of the revelation to John. Right there in the first three verses, the opening book of Moses, we hear that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, which was without form and void. And there was darkness over the face of the deep. And it was the spirit of God who hovered over the face of the waters. And then God spoke, let there be light. And there was light. God is a creator God. God created in the beginning, and it was the spirit who hovered close over those waters. And it was the very word that spoke and made there be light. And so even here in the very beginning of scripture, God is exploding for us his very nature of who he truly is. Now we have hints of God's nature as father in the Old Testament, the person of the Father God. In Psalm 2, we read that the kings of the earth have set themselves and the rulers taking counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, And then later, I will tell of the decree the Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. But if you really read through the Old Testament and just do a search for all the times God is referred to as father, an interesting thing happens. A great many of those times, almost all of them, are actually a reference to the son, a reference to Jesus. Every Christmas, we hear Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And we all think that that refers to Jesus. And we are right. The government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And again, in Acts chapter 2, verse 25, Peter, as we heard this morning, Quotes from the Psalms. David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. And here he is referring not to the Father, but the Son. In the New Testament, Jesus even goes further and talks about the mothering nature of God as Father in himself. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets. And stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen, a mother hen, gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. 
All of which is to say that it is really only through the Son, interestingly enough, that we ever come to know the Father. Because the Son, being as he is, the fullness of God, also displays God's fatherhood to us. And it is really only through the Son that we know God at all. John chapter 17, verse 1, the great high priestly prayer that Jesus prays before his betrayal. Jesus speaks these words, lifts up his eyes to heaven and says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. In other words, let me be known to the people that you may be known through me. And then when Mary Magdalene encounters Jesus in the garden, at first mistaking him for the gardener, Jesus speaks to her and says, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. From now on, you now know the first person of the Trinity because you have known the Father through me, the Son. And yet, we confess every Sunday and every time we confess any of the creeds that it is by the Father first and foremost that all things come into existence. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. God is first and foremost creator inasmuch as he is triune. So what is the difference then between the Father and the Son? Well, the Father is the source of all divinity. When we say source, I want you to think of the headwaters of a river. Some of you may have gone up to, I believe it's Minnesota. I hope I don't get my U.S. geography wrong. Where the source waters of the Mississippi can be found. Be nice to go to the source waters of the St. Lawrence as well, way up in northwestern Ontario. All of these rivers have a source from which they flow, and everything that comes downriver can be traced back to that beginning. In the same way, the Father is the source of the Son and the Spirit. He is the only person of God who has no beginning, no source. The Son, however, comes from the Father. The Son is the one sent forth from the Father to reveal what God is, who God is. He is the speaker, for he is the word. And by his speaking reveals who God is to you and to me. That we know him not as some distant figure or dictator or someone who is completely unknown to us, as in many religions, but rather as a God who desires to be intimate to us, known by us, and most importantly of all, trusted by us, even though we have fallen away from love and trust in him by nature. Jesus says that all things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Anyone who knows the true nature of God has come to him through Jesus, through the Son. The Son is eternally begotten of the Father. 
Why do we confess those words? Because to use any other words is to suggest a distance, a space between the Son and the Father that does not exist in the one God. He who has seen the Son has seen the Father, Jesus says to his disciple Philip. One comes from the other. They are of the same nature. And to use any other term than begotten makes the Son simply a creature and not someone in whom we see the Father face to face. Now, if all things have their beginning in the Father, then they come into being equally through the Son. For God is the creator of all things, not one particular person. And so while we confess that the Father is creator and maker of all things, we read in John 1 that all things were made through the Word. And without the Word was not anything made that was made. Which is why in our creeds we confess that through Jesus, all things were made. And we come, of course, to the Spirit, whom we spoke of last week as we celebrated Pentecost and the descent of the Spirit upon the apostles and the beginning of the Christian church, its very birthday, if you will. The Holy Spirit is, of course, in one sense, the Spirit of the Father. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus tells the apostles not to worry when they're dragged before governors and kings and councils and religious leaders, what they're going to say in advance. For he says, it will not be you who speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you, the Holy Spirit himself. And yet, if we continue reading through the New Testament, we see that the spirit always comes to us by and through the Son. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, Peter preached to us this morning, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he, Jesus, has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. In John chapter 15, Jesus tells the disciples that when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul tells the church in Ephesus, and through them to us, through Jesus we have access in one spirit to the Father. Paul even goes further in Galatians, suggesting that in some ways it is okay to even say that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of the Son himself. And because you are sons, Paul writes, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, the spirit of Jesus. And if the father is the maker of all things, and if we confess that through the son, all things are made, then of the spirit, we say that he hovered over the waters of creation. He breathed into the nostrils of Adam. He's breathed into us through the mouth of Jesus. And he hovers now in our very hearts, making us a new creation. It is the spirit who draws us to the son through whom we know the father. And in so doing, know the one true God. This is a day of confirmation of faith. Tangentially for all of us who have recited that great longest creed of the Christian church, the Athanasian creed, but even more specifically for Alex and Jack, 
who, like many of us, will stand before the altar of God and say, the faith into which I was baptized is the faith I now confess. And that the God who baptized you, Alex and Jack, the Father who eternally begets the Son who has breathed into you the Spirit, that one God is now your God by voice and confession. We will certainly rejoice in that confession together. Because my brothers and sisters in Christ, when we go out into the world to speak of God, we do not speak of the big guy upstairs or some unknown reality, or a prime mover, or a first cause. We speak of a father who gave up the dearest treasure he had for your redemption and mine, his son, Jesus Christ, on the cross, and who lives intimately in us by his spirit, we who were fallen, but have now been redeemed and cleansed in the waters of baptism. That spirit dwells now in you, and hovers in you as the Spirit hovered over the waters in the very beginning. And so we worship today in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.